This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. Good to have you uh, tucked in and ready to go. John Scholes here and standing by, of course, uh, employment lawyer Lior Sanfiru. You want to reach out to Lior anytime. You are uh, more uh, ready and willing and able to do so. They are as well. So uh, give them a call on your own time. one 821 5900 help at employmentlawyer.ca and for any other matters you can use the uh, the website pocketemploymentlawyer.ca but as just mentioned the lines are open here in the uh, Sunday afternoon we're ready to go take your live calls with any questions you have about your workplace challenges toll free of course 18773999898 the main topic for the uh, next hour is uh, going to be a good one. Don't ever do this in the workplace. We'll get to those talking points here in just a bit. But we always start off with a couple cases or a couple things you got in mind, Lior, for the, the week that was. What do you got going on, pal? Hey, John. Ready to talk about employment law and to hopefully help as many people as possible. You know, we are a live show right now. So if you're hearing us talk, it means we're ready for you and your call so that we can have the chance to help you. It's just not about us talking. It's about you getting answers to your workplace questions and of course when you call us and you ask us your question and you let us help you you're also going to be helping many others that are listening who may well be struggling with the exact same issue so do it for you do it for them and call us right now on the show whatever the issue if it touches on your job or your job security your boss your company things they're doing not doing promises made and broken you name it, if it touches on employment law, you're listening to the right show, and I want to help you make sure you get the answers that you need. And of course, uh, our time here, you know, we have about another 50 minutes or so on the show, but guess what? You can reach me anytime in the office, phone or email, and we'll give you that contact information again throughout the show if you want to use it. But as John said, I always like to start off with a couple of matters that came across my desk, just to kind of give you a flavor of the types of issues uh, that you may one day be faced with. So, uh, first one I'll tell you about, John, a gentleman that I spoke with uh, earlier in the week, he had worked, uh, he and in fact six other colleagues who worked with the same small company for quite a few years. Well, about four months ago, uh, all the employees were put on a temporary layoff. The business apparently was not doing well, and the owner of the company said that he's trying to sell the business, and he's hoping to reach a deal very soon, but until that happens, everyone needs to be on a temporary layoff, and as soon as there's a deal in place, there's going to be work, people can come back to work, and things will resume the way they were. Well, that was four months ago. This person had followed up with his boss, the owner of the company, a number of times, never got a distinct answer, working on it, working on it, nothing else. So he finally called me this week and he asked me a very straightforward question. Well, how long do I have to wait? Put differently, when is enough enough? Uh, So here's the answer. The answer here is that he doesn't have to wait at all. The, The whole premise of the question was that there was a time that he could be put on a layoff for. There isn't. He was able to consider that layoff as being illegal on day one. What we always say is that an employer does not have a right to put you on a temporary layoff. Put differently means you can treat that layoff as a termination. Even though the company may not think that it's terminating your employment, the employee can choose to look at it and consider it a termination and require the company to pay them their full severance. Now, this is true. 
even if there's a legitimate business reason. Now, I don't think that this employer wanted to hurt their employees. I don't think this employer wanted to uh, pull one over them. No, not at all. I actually think that what happened here is that the business was struggling and the company was trying to do its best. doesn't matter. The law doesn't make exceptions here. You cannot put someone on a temporary layoff. So he now is going to treat this as a termination. I'm also going to speak with his colleagues because they're probably going to want to do the same. But I, there's an important reminder there for everyone. Even if the company has a legitimate, quote-unquote, legitimate reason to put you on a temporary layoff, it's still not allowed. You can still look at that as a termination. You can still say, I want my severance. You don't have to accept it. We'll talk more about temporary layoffs a bit later. But remember, the fact that there may be a reason does not give the company the right to do it. Again, if it is, uh, has you scratching your head, always reach out to us now, toll-free, 1-877-3999-9898. Call the radio station now. Get on air. Talk to us. So what's the second matter you got going on, pal? So the second matter, some of you may have uh, heard or read on the news about, uh, you know, we uh, were involved in a class action now with Shopify. Uh, a lot of, uh, quite a few people throughout BC have been impacted. So here's kind of what this is about. This is, this really got me scratching my head. I've been doing this employment law thing for some 21 years, never seen anything like this. So Shopify let go a bunch of employees, over 2,000 people across, uh, you know, various provinces, and offered them severance packages, right? And not only that, threatened them with the deadline. You better accept the severance package by this date or else. Right. Well, guess what? Uh, a lot of these employees looked at the package, got some advice, and said, you know what? That's actually a decent enough package I am going to accept. So they did. They signed it back. They returned it. They did exactly what uh, Shopify asked by the deadline that Shopify gave them. They signed it back. They said, okay, now we have a deal. Now you just have to pay me what, what we've agreed to. Only for Shopify to come back and say, uh, no, not really. Uh, we're not going to pay it, actually. We're, o we're only going to pay something less. And for some people, that means tens of thousands of dollars less than what's agreed to. Well, we call this a breach of contract, right? Once you sign that severance letter, there's a deal. There's a contract between you and the company. And that means the company can't change its mind, can't say, no, no, we're not going to do it. It's not allowed to do that. So... We don't know yet how many people have been affected. We know that there's uh, a fair number of them. So we've commenced a class action uh, on behalf of these individuals, making sure that they're going to get, for them to get, what they are owed, what they've agreed to. So there's a reminder there that once there's a severance agreement in place, employee can't back out, employer can't back out. It's a done deal. It cuts both ways. And for employees, of course, always, always, Get that severance package reviewed before you sign it, no matter what you do. And if your employer doesn't abide by the deal, yeah, you better give me a call as well. You know, I'd love to be a fly in the wall between the time that they sent these packages out and then reneged them. Within that time span, I mean, your best guess, what were they thinking? Like, did they talk to somebody who gave them really bad advice? You know, your guess is as good as mine. And, and it's possible that they intended to offer less and offered more accidentally. But maybe, I have no clue, right? But the reality is it really shouldn't matter. There's an offer. It was accepted. There's a deal. Just like an employee that signs on a severance package can go back and say, you know what? I now realize I really need more severance. So <laughs> yeah. forget about this document that I signed. No, you can't do that. And we've been saying that on this show for years. Once you sign, you're done. 
Well, the same thing applies to an employer, which is why I can tell you that in 21 years, I actually haven't seen this happen. I've never seen an employer do this. So that tells you something about how, uh, you know, what happened here. And, you know, from our perspective, that shouldn't be allowed to stand. So we're going to pursue this and make sure that everyone gets everything that they're owed. And hey, just as a bit of a sidebar, if you're one of those Shopify folks that hasn't uh, reached out, not sure what to do, call Lior, as you mentioned, anytime. I mean, they're all over this, like, you know, hobo and a ham sandwich, one 821 5900 Again, one 821 5900 on your own time and help at employmentlawyer.ca. Okay, a couple minutes to go before we got to take a break here. I want to get into this topic uh, today because it's a big one and it's a good one. Don't ever do this, right? These are uh, warnings across the bow of employees out there about things they should be looking out for during their work life, yeah? You know, John, when people do things to compromise their rights, sometimes it's because they just don't know better. They may yep. have uh, thought that they're doing the right thing or they didn't realize that there's other better options. So what I wanted to do uh, for the purpose of today's show is to talk about things you don't want to do, things that if you do can cause problems, can compromise your rights, could be a bad idea. So these are things you don't want to do. And instead, we'll tell you what you should be doing if you're ever faced with that situation. Well, you made mention of this uh, during your week that was, and that is don't ever accept a temporary layoff without understanding what you could be doing to your future rights. Exactly. So I said right at the beginning of the show that an employer does not have a right to put you on a temporary layoff. You can treat that as a termination of employment. It's your decision. It's not the company's decision. But what can happen if you don't do that? What can happen if you say, well, you know what, I'll just accept it. I'll sit at home and when they call me back, I'll just go back. You just do that. Well, I'm telling you not to. And the reason I'm telling you not to is if you accept that temporary layoff and you go back and you do what your employer is asking you, you've now given the company the right to do it again and again and again. So the effect of that may be that you work for a few months, then you're off for a few months, work off, work, and then off back and forth, back and forth, and that's not what you want. You're gonna end up being essentially a part-time worker at best. So that's what you could be giving up and losing if you accept a temporary layoff. So it's not just about your severance now, it's about what your employment's gonna look like in the future. So you're put on a temporary layoff, we need to talk. The better option may be to say, no, that's a constructive dismissal. I want my severance. I am not accepting that. Always make the call to me if you're put on a temporary layoff. This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. And welcome back to it. You bet that's the number toll free. Join us, 1-877-399-9898. It is help at employmentlawyer.ca to toss along an email and we'll get back into our topic here uh, very shortly. Don't ever do this when it comes to your uh, your workplace rights. But uh, first phone call of the show. I want to get to Raj, who's been standing by for a, a moment or two. Raj, how are you? Good to have you along. I'm all right. How are you guys? We're, uh, we're hanging in there, pal. What's on your mind? Um, so basically, um, I was employed for um, with Air Canada um, last, um, last year, and my probation had come up in October, um, and I was let go a week before my probation had ended. And I only had one review, um, which was um, which was pretty good. But um, uh, they promised me three reviews. I only received one, and then I was let go like a week before my probation had um, just ended. Now, were you part of a union, Raj? Yes, I was. 
So whether or not that's legal, whether they owe you something, whether or not they breached the collective agreement in terms of how they dealt with you is something that only the union is able to answer. And, and to the extent that Air Canada did do something wrong here, the only one that could help you is the union. So so the question has to be posed to the union. If the union ultimately says, no, they did it, the company didn't do anything wrong, then that would be the answer. But the only one that can answer that would be the union. Okay, so, okay. All right. Thanks, That's Raj. it. Thanks, Raj. Appreciate that. Yeah, and I think, you know, Raj's reaction there, I think, to just, you know, remind people once in a while, Lior, the union setting is different when it comes to employment laws and dealing with it, right? So if you're a unionized employee and you have an issue with your employer, the only one that's allowed to help you, not that mm-hmm. the only one that should or the only one that you want to, the only one that's allowed to help you is the union. You can't hire me. You can't hire another lawyer. It has to be the union. And oftentimes people say to me, well, the union is not helping me that the, the way I want to. Well, even in that situation, it does not mean that you can hire a lawyer. It doesn't mean that I can help you by law. This is not uh, controversial by law. It has to be the union and only the union. So that's why everything we really talk about today only applies to non-union employees. It does not apply to unionized employees. Unionized employees have different laws, different uh, entitlements, and only the union can help them with those. Appreciate that call, Raj. Uh, thank you so much. You have time as well to do that and make a phone call here toll-free, 1-877-399-9898. But back to our uh, topic of the day, and that is don't ever do this. Big one here. Don't accept changes to the terms of your employment, even if it's for legitimate business reasons. Yeah, and this is uh, very similar to what we were saying earlier about temporary layoff. So an employer, just like they don't have a right to put you on a temporary layoff, an employer doesn't have the right to make significant changes to the terms of your employment. That means your employer can't just reduce your pay, your employer can't just demote you, change your shifts, your hours, etc. They can't. If they do, that results in what we call a constructive dismissal. You can treat that as a termination, you can get severance, you don't have to accept it. But again, here the question becomes, well, what happens if I want to be that team player? I want to kind of, you know, show them that I'm a good guy and I'll take that pay cut and maybe that'll help me later on. Well, that is admirable and maybe that works, but here's the risk you're taking. By taking one for the team, by accepting that change, you've given the company the right to do it again and again and again. So you just took this one pay cut thinking, you know, it's a one-off and then it will work out. Well, by accepting that pay cut, now the company can do it again, and they can do it again, and they can do it again. Before you know it, there may be nothing left. So that is the problem with accepting changes. You know, a demotion. Maybe they'll demote you again. Or they change your hours. Well, I'll be a team player. Well, now they can change it again and again and again. So you want to be very mindful of that. Sometimes it doesn't make sense to be a team player because the risk is too great. So if you're ever in that situation where you're facing that change, Think about that and give me a call so we can talk about your options. It's it's funny you mentioned team player because that's quite often the case or even become closer. Maybe you're friends, good friends with the boss or the owner of the company and you you want to help a you want to help a brother out, but like you said you got to be cautious, right? Can you can you try it for like uh, can you, you know, in writing try it to see if it fits for you? And I I get that question often, you know, I I, I like to try it. I don't know. Maybe I just need more time to kind of really see yeah. how I feel about right. whatever it is that my company is doing. And the answer is, yeah, you can get more time. And the way you do that is you need to send a note in writing, email, text message, uh, for example, saying, employer, you've implemented this change. I'm, I'm very concerned about that. 
but I want to try it for the next few weeks and see how I feel about it, and then I'll let you know. By doing that, you're preserving your rights to say, no, no, I don't want it anymore uh, later on. You can try it for a few weeks. More than that is going to be too much, and then you're, you're going to be considered to have accepted it. But as long as you send that note, you're able to try it out, give yourself that more time, but you have to send that note in writing first. Still lots of time for phone calls. By the way, that number, one 9898 Don't ever do this if you've been working remotely. Don't uh, refuse just to return to work in the office. A lot of people would think they can stay at home now for good, right? Yeah, and I understand why. Some of us may have worked, been working from home for a while now during the pandemic, and we've assumed maybe that that's our new reality. Now we're remote workers. Well, not so fast necessarily, okay, because an employer is able to require you to go back to pre-pandemic arrangements. But, of course, uh, that's assuming the pre-pandemic you were working in the office. So now you've been working from home for a while. Company can say, you know what, we need to, to go back to the way things were, or maybe we need to have you back a couple of days a week. So the instinct may be to say, well, no, you can't do that. I've been working from home for a while. Well, no, not necessarily. The company can, can require that. And if you say no, I'm not doing that too bad, the company may be able to treat you as having resigned or abandoned your job. So the pandemic was kind of a unique situation. So an employer is understood to say during that pandem pandemic, we made special arrangements, but now we're going to go back to the way things were. Now, it would be very different if you were hired specifically to work from home. You were never working in the office. You were hired to work from home, and now the company wants to say, we're going to change that. Now we're going to tell you to come in. That they can't do. That you can refuse, and that would not be a resignation. But if you're working in the office pre-pandemic, company can say, yeah, you have to come back now. So if you're in that situation, rather than say no, maybe we should talk about it. Sometimes there's ways to work things out with your employer, reach some sort of a compromise. But saying no may be considered a resignation. What if you took the opportunity during that, uh, to, since you're working at home, you move far away to a nicer, calmer town. Now you've got to get called back. You did it with or without your employer's knowledge and blessing. What do you think? A lot of employees did that during the pandemic. Well, I'm working from home, so I may as well relocate. I don't need to pay uh, high rents uh, downtown, so I'm going to move somewhere else. Well, that's fair enough. If the company knew you were doing that, if the company said, yeah, that's fine, well, now they can't say, too bad, come in, because they knew you were moving away, and they knew that uh, that you're not going to be able to just come in. So if the company gave you the blessing to move that way, they can't require you to come back. If they didn't, you didn't ask, they didn't even know, they had nothing to do with it, as I said before, they can require you to come back. So, you know, the devil's in the details here. Always happy to talk to you about your specific scenario. And again, the phone calls, uh, guys, one eight seven seven three nine nine ninety eight ninety eight. Don't sign an employment agreement or anything without knowing exactly what you're signing. Oh, that's that's a rule for life, right? You know, we've done whole shows just on this issue, but you know, very simply, if a company wants you all of a sudden to sign a new employment agreement or other workplace document, usually there's a reason for it, and the reason is the company wants better terms for itself, not to give you better terms, and I'll give you an example. You may be signing a new employment agreement that limits your future severance. That could cost you tens of thousands of dollars. That gives the company the right to lay you off, to change your job, to change your compensation. So no, don't just sign it by looking at just your salary and vacation. You have to look beyond that, understand what you're signing. If you just sign it, you'll be 
absolutely regretting it later. This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. You betcha. Welcome back to it. That is the number one eight seven seven three nine nine ninety eight ninety eight. Toll free. Call us now. Get on air. Ask your questions. Still got plenty of time and in the meantime don't ever do this we're talking about the points things you should be aware of uh in your work life and uh day-to-day operations in uh, your own job got to keep your eye on these things make sure you don't fall into the trap any other questions outside of this by the way if any of these uh things we talk about here today have you scratching your head you always have the option to reach out to Lior, right it's always a good call anyway 1-855-821-5900 do not forget about your employer when you're on a medical leave more than a few weeks right yeah, you know, listen, if you're going to be off for a few days, a couple of weeks, yeah, you know what, don't worry about it. Get your doctor's note and then contact your employer when you're ready to go back to work. Pretty simple. But if you're going to be gone for a significant period of time or, you know, months or, or even longer, you don't want to just forget about the employer. You don't want to go radio silence uh, in that situation. You don't want your employer to think or assume well, we haven't heard from you in, in forever, so we assume you moved on, that you quit, or you're not coming back, or that you're not able to ever come back, right? You don't want them to think that. You want to maintain your status as an employee, and you don't want to risk anything uh, bad happening. The way to do that is incredibly simple. You send a note every once in a while, every few weeks, send a, an email, a text message to your employer, very simply just saying, Hey, employer, I'm still working on getting better and hoping to have a more real update at some point. It's as simple as that. You don't need any more than that. By doing that, you're going to stay front and center and you're going to impose that obligation on your employer that when you're ready to come back to work, they have to make all efforts to take you back. So very important. So don't ignore your employer. Don't forget your employer. Now, I'm not suggesting that you write to them every other day, but, you know, kind of once a month or so, a quick few word or a one sentence note can make all the difference. So very, very important. And of course, if anything happens to your employment status while you're off on a disability leave, you call me right away and I'll help you. Sometimes those disability leaves can be kind of lengthy and then the, the employer, even with a note once a month or two, they might start asking for more information, might snoop around a little bit. How much leeway do they have as far as diagnosis, prognosis? What can they ask you? You know, for some reason in, in the first half of 2023, I've been getting this issue come up again and again and it really, it, it's not hard. So I don't know why employers keep getting this wrong. So if you have a doctor's note saying you cannot work, Ultimately, that's it. That's all you need to be able to be off work. Your employer does not get to say, well, I want to know exactly what your condition is. I want to know what treatment you're getting. Oh, and I also want you to get a second opinion from another doctor. Doesn't work that way. As long as your doctor says you cannot work, that's it. Your employer is not allowed to demand to know what your diagnosis is, what your condition is, what treatment you're getting. That's offside. Not appropriate at all. Irrelevant. The only thing they're allowed to know is can you work, can you not work, for how long, uh, are there things that they can do to allow you to work, is there any accommodation that's possible, that is legitimate. They also can't demand you see another doctor. So if your employer is overreaching, if they're demanding information that they're uh, they're not allowed to get, you can say no, you can also give me a call so that I can get them off your back. There's that very important distinction between diagnosis and prognosis. 
Again, calling in right now, toll-free 1-877-399-9898 and help at employmentlawyer.ca. We've done complete shows on this and complete TV shows as well, Lior, and that is don't ever quit unless it's completely voluntary. That's the key word, yeah? Very important. You know, we talk, we're talking about things that you don't want to do, things you shouldn't be doing. This is right up there, okay? Do not quit. You should not be quitting unless it's your decision. You should not be quitting because someone told you you have to. You should not be quitting because you feel like you have no choice. You should not be quitting because someone threatened you into quitting. Absolutely not. By doing that, you could potentially be risking your severance, your EI, employment insurance. Don't do it. A company that wants you gone may often say, well, you should be quitting. Uh, They're hoping that by doing that, maybe now they don't have to pay you severance. They can save tens of thousands of dollars, maybe even more than that. So the answer should be, well, that's fine, employer. If you don't want me here, you're allowed to let me go. I can't stop you, but I'm not quitting. Okay, I'm going to continue working unless you tell me not to come into work anymore. So do not quit unless it's voluntary. If you decided you don't want to work anymore or you're going to look for another job or you're going to retire, sure, you can absolutely do that. It's your decision, no problem. But don't do it unless someone, uh, or just because someone tells you. If you ever feel like you're boxed in and you have no choice, before you quit, call me. Okay, let's talk about that. Let's do this right. You don't want to walk away from your job unless it's your decision. What if you get that employer that says, yeah, Lior, you know what? You're better off quitting, trust me, because if you don't and I fire you, it's going to look bad on your record. You don't want that blemish. Yeah, and and gosh, employers say that often, and maybe even employers believe that that is true. Well, it's not true. There's no record. There's no database. There's no spreadsheet where the reasons why people were let go uh, are, uh, are are documented and, and, and put in, in place. No, not at all. The only difference is whether you get EI and, or you don't. And you don't get EI if you quit, so you're actually better off being let go. And most people that lose their job are, lose their job because the company decided to let them go. So that's not going to be held against you in a job interview. You're simply going to say, company decided to go a different way. That's absolutely fine. So that's just a tactic to try to pressure you into thinking that you're better off quitting. You're not better off quitting, and you should not be quitting unless you're doing uh, unless you're doing it 100% voluntarily. Talking about uh, things this hour you don't want to be doing uh, in the workplace, this one's huge. This one's like the ultimate bit of forecasting. That is, don't forget to document everything. You know, in real estate, we we say location, location, location. Well, mm-hmm. in employment law, we say document, document, document. Anything that uh, is of any significance that says that that is said or that happens in the workplace, you want to find a way to document. So maybe maybe you've been promised a raise or a pay uh, or a pay change or a promotion. Well, verbally is not good enough. You have to find a way to document. Send a, an email to someone confirming, hey, confirming today that we've agreed that I'm going to get a raise starting in January. Do that because if you don't, it doesn't exist. That promise may never uh, materialize because there is no way to prove it. There's no way to document. If someone says something to you, you don't think it's appropriate. Maybe it's bullying or harassment. Document it. You always assume that the person's not going to admit it later. So it becomes your word against someone else's. Not the best thing, right? So you document, you write it down, or you send an email to someone confirming what happened. Don't forget to document. One of the, the easiest way uh, to not 
be able to pursue your entitlements, to walk away from rights that you have is by not documenting it properly. If you're not sure how to do it, if you're worried about doing it, let me know. We can talk about it. But it's very important to always document. Should someone be nervous and concerned if they don't get a reply from an email or a text outlining exactly what you just said? Yeah, so you're, you're going to document, you send an email to your boss, hey, confirming that, that today you told me I'm going to uh, get a raise or what have you. No, you don't need a response to that. You don't need a confirmation. Just by you sending that email, their lack of response is exactly the same as if they've agreed and accepted. You just need to document. Do not worry about their response. This one's big as well. Don't do this in the workplace ever. Don't just accept unfair discipline or even that inaccurate performance review if it comes down the pike. Huh? So remember what I just said, silence can be the same as yeah. acceptance, right? right? So that applies to the employee as well. So if you get unfair discipline, if you've been put on a performance improvement plan, you know, you don't agree with it, if it's not right or accurate, if you don't say anything about it, you may as well have said, this is all correct employer, I agree with everything you've said. And that can be held against you. Later on, if you do something wrong, well, hey, you know how last time you did something wrong, you agreed that you did, now we're going to fire you for cause. Or we're not going to give you that, that pay increase because you agreed that you did all these things wrong. No, not a good idea to do that. If, in fact, you don't think that the discipline is justified or that the performance review is accurate, you have to say so in writing. Again, email works beautifully, right? Send an email to the boss, to the HR person, whoever the right person is, and say, here's why I don't agree with this performance review, or here's why I don't agree with this discipline. There's these facts that you didn't consider, or there's other information that you need to have. You just need to put it on record that you don't agree with it. You don't need a response from the company. You don't even need the company to change its mind. You just need to make sure that it's not considered that you agree and accept. Now, it's okay to sign the document that they give you, because oftentimes a company that gives you a negative performance review just wants an acknowledgement that you physically received right. it. That's okay. Right. But you follow up with an email outlining exactly why you don't agree with it. Very, very important to do that. So do not just accept. Do not be just silent. Now, of course, if it's completely accurate and there's nothing to add, sure, silence is fine. But if it's not accurate, if you don't agree with it, say so. This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. Betcha, we're back. Still a few minutes to go. Still some time to talk to you here on air and uh, make that phone call. one 877 9898 is how you would do that email, which we're going to get to in a moment here, help at employmentlawyer.ca. But beyond this hour of the show, we always tell you to call the Ornest team and have your own conversation at, uh, at your own pace, right? one 821 5900 Okay, all hour we've been talking about don't ever do this, things you got to watch out for in the workplace. And uh, this one literally is where the money is. The last one is don't, do not sign that severance letter. Yeah, and now listen, if we're talking about things not to do, it's this is the big one. This is the thing, the thing do not to do at all, ever. And that is just turn around and sign that severance package. Now listen, I get it. If you are just lost your job, you're in a difficult situation, right? You're All of a sudden you find out you're not going to have income coming in, you're not uh, working. Life is getting more expensive, we all know that, you need that income. Here comes the company, right? And they say, you better sign this by the deadline or else, and they have that deadline there. So you're going to feel, oh my gosh, I need to sign this, I need to accept this, I need to do this now because I don't want this deadline to, to expire. 
I'm here to tell you, no, don't, don't ever do that. And the reason you don't do that is because that offer almost always, 90 plus percent of the time, that offer is not adequate, not even close. And oftentimes a company may count on you being in that, you know, vulnerable state and accepting that offer, even though that's not a good offer. Now, I'm not talking about the fact that the offer that they gave you is maybe, you know, a few weeks shy of what it needs to be. That could be bad enough, right? But I'm talking about the fact that that offer is likely months of pay less, months less than what it needs to be. You could be open 18 months severance and they offered you seven. That's the type of things that I see every single day. And once you accept that offer, once you sign off on that dotted line because you didn't know better, because you felt the pressure, you, you really cannot go back. That deadline that you, you're looking at is meaningless. Your rights don't expire on that deadline. They don't expire for two rights, for two years. But here's something else you need to know. You may say, okay, Lior, I get it. Uh, I'm owed more, but I can't afford to fight the company for two years, so I may as well just accept the severance right now. No, no, no. You don't have to worry about that. In most cases, these severance issues resolve quickly usually within a few weeks, okay? So by, by stressing out and, and signing off on that letter, you're giving up on rights that you could have had very quickly. So what do you do instead? You call me. You can also go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca and use the severance calculator to find out right away how much you're actually owed. Do the right thing, do the smart thing, never just sign off on that severance offer. And how about those uh, those people listening, Lior, in the type of job where you say there may be many components to their compensation, not just straight pay? That might not be in that offer as well, and that could be again tens of thousands of dollars of, of lost, you know, salary. I'm using that in quotations, right? Oh, absolutely. So it's not just about how many months pay, how many months severance you're owed. It's mm-hmm. also about what's included in it. Remember, your severance is not just your salary. It's not just your bonus. It's not just your benefits. It's everything. Your stock options, your car allowance, uh, even your phone in many cases. Everything you would have gotten had you continued working. Commissions, you name it. So if you want to know if something should be included, you simply ask yourself, would I have received it had I continued working? If the answer is yes, I would have. Well, then it has to be part of your severance. And in many cases, maybe most cases, when the company offers severance, they don't address all components. They address some, but not all of them. And the difference can be massive, can be huge. That's why, going back to the main point, you cannot and should not ever just accept that severance offer. Always call and, and make sure we do this properly. Last few minutes to go here. If you're going to call, give us a call now and talk to us. one 9898 to get on air. As mentioned, going down to uh, some emails. Let's get to, uh, to Jordan. says, guys, my wife and I work at the same place. I was let go for cause because of something that my wife did had nothing to do with me. Is this legal? No, of course it's not legal because you know what your wife did or what someone else did is not really relevant to you. And the company may say, well, I don't want to have you here if I'm going to let your wife go. And that's okay. They can let you go. They can let Jordan go. But that would be a without cause termination, meaning Jordan has to get paid his severance. He cannot be let go for cause if his wife did something wrong or if the company feels that the wife should be fired for cause. doesn't apply here. So no, Jordan... You would be owed severance here. You cannot be fired for cause unless you did something awful. And of course, an important reminder there to everyone that the only way a company can legally let you go without severance is if you did something terrible. 
Not enough if you made a mistake, not enough if you did something wrong. It has to be either many things or something that you did that's so bad that makes it impossible to continue employing you. Let's grab a call here in the last few minutes. We've got Sue on the line. Sue, thank you so much for taking the time to uh, to give us a call. How are you? Uh, I'm okay. I got better Good. days. <laughs> All right. What's your question? So my question is, I got let go in 2021, January the 7th. Now, I complained um, my ex-employer to um, the Standard Employment Branch. And then they were making out all kinds of documents saying that performance reviews, this and that, that there was never a single one. And then somehow they got, like, they put my signature on the performance review. And this is adding certain documents that doesn't relate to the so-called performance review. I never had one. I never signed one. So was this 2001, suit? Is that what you said? 2021. 21, okay. So in January of 2021. Mm-hmm. So unfortunately now you're, you're out of time to pursue this and, and going through the Employment Standards Branch unfortunately was the wrong way to do this because they can only help you get a tiny, tiny, tiny fraction of what you're actually owed. So, uh, you know, I, I can't tell you more than that other than if you're still going with that process, you have to provide the documents that they've requested. But the key is this, if you're let go, Employment Standards Branch cannot help you. For that, we need to use our, our, our legal system here to enforce your rights and, and your full entitlements. Unfortunately, in your case, because there's a two-year limitation period and now we're past that two-year mark, uh, there's not going to be much that can be done, unfortunately. So you're, you're out of time. I wish we would have spoken a few months ago uh, and I could have helped you and, and, and taken you out of that, that uh, unhelpful process. But uh, in your case, there's really nothing else that can be done now. I actually go through, I hire lawyers, Sam Samfuro. I think that's what they call themselves. And the only thing she did was just send a letter to my ex-employer, and she charged me like 600 bucks, but nothing came out of it. And uh, I'm still in the process dealing with the branch or the tribunal. Okay. So I, I don't know that there's anything that we can do right now, Sue. So thank you very much for your call. Oh, okay. Uh, my question, can I ask you another question? Um the, my question is, like, did they making up all those things? Is there anything that I could have done? Uh, well, I, again, to know exactly what you could have done, I would need to understand exactly what happened and, and what they say happened and what you said happened. Without that information, I really can't say what you could have done back then. Uh, that's why it's mm -hmm. always important to get that advice right at the time when something happens. Okay. All right. Thank you so much. Yeah, so very important to always understand these things here, and, and that's why, you know, when it comes to employment law and rights, John, you know, you have to get advice right away. Very important. We say that all the time. Yeah, we're going to uh, just about wrap it up. Uh, Nancy, last one, though, said, I miss work on several occasions because of medical issue. Boss is telling me if I don't come back right now, missing more work, don't bother coming back. <laughs> Can he do that? Gosh, no, you can't do that, and it doesn't work that way, not even close. What happens is you need to follow your doctor's advice. If your doctor says you need to be off, you can be off. Your employer can't do anything about it. You deal with your job, and you're ready to come back to work, and if your employer won't let you come back to work, if it says it's too late, you call me, and I'll deal with it. Good stuff. Thank you so much for tuning in today. You want to reach out to Lior now that we're done? You can. Here's that phone number, one 855 
800-221-5900, help at employmentlawyer.ca, and that free anonymous website, so useful, called pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. We'll catch you next week here on the Employment Law Show. The proceeding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW.